You're listening to audio from New Horizon Worship Center, located in Waco, Georgia. If you would like additional resources, please visit us online at www.NewHorizonWorshipCenter.org. If you turn with me, 1 John 4, um, we'll start in verse 7. Today I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes about baseball and freedom and about being thankful. Oh, we talked about being thankful last week. Well, be thankful. We're going to talk about being thankful again. Well, thank God. I'm going to ask you how you did on that last week, like your homework. Were you, were you more thankful last week than you have been, or are you just a hearer only? Like 98% of people. First, let's talk about freedom. Memorial Day is tomorrow. And we, Memorial Day, where I think some people get confused on, but Memorial Day is supposed to be where we remember the men and women that have died serving us and and fighting for our freedom and serving our country. Um, The ones that gave their lives so that we could be free. And I'm really thankful I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty thankful for, for men and women that would go and fight for our country. And maybe I don't agree with everything, and maybe politically we don't agree on everything. But I'm thankful that there are people that have given their lives to fight for our freedom so that we can stand in here and worship. No matter your political stance, I think we can all agree on the fact that we're thankful for freedom. I am and I, I feel like you probably are too. Here in the South, there are memorials in lots of towns to the bloodiest war fought on American soil, the Civil War. We see memorials and we've heard about the Civil War, but I read some stuff that I didn't really know, and a lot of you may not know, but over 600,000 people died in our Civil, in our civil War. Over 600,000 people were killed. And what you may not know is that both the North and the South allowed what they called substitute soldiers. And that was uh, a man that was drafted could buy another man to fight in his place. He would pay and then he would not go to war and he would pay for another man to go and fight for him. Um, this lasted until 1863 in the South when there were no more men available. They ran out of men in the South. So they did it all the way up until there was nobody else. Either it was little kids or they were injured or too old or that was it. They did it until they ran out of men. And most of them died. And beginning about the same time, 1863, around that same time in the north, uh, there were immigrants, thousands of immigrants were paid to fight in someone's place. So they were bringing in immigrants because they didn't want to fight in the war, and they were paying them to fight for them. And most of them died. Over 600,000 deaths. 
That's where the term, you may have heard, rich man's war, poor man's fight. That's where that came from. Rich man's war, poor man's fight. Imagine paying somebody money to fight or die in your place. That's crazy. As I read that this week and I was thinking about Memorial Day and they paid these people and most of them ended up dying for whatever money they got paid to go fight. How humbling must that have been? Today we all gather on Memorial Day weekend humbled. Not only knowing that soldiers died for our freedom as a nation, but also knowing that we, mankind, were in a fight that we could not win. Death had us, sin had us, and and we were in a fight that we couldn't win. And our champion, our hero, Jesus, he paid for our freedom with his life. He went and fought the war that we couldn't win. And now we are free because of him. Look at 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, this is John. John wrote this. John that was Jesus' best friend, the, the disciple that Jesus loved, the one of Jesus' inner three that followed him around all the time. This was Jesus' friend. John in his old age wrote this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world. That we might live through Him. Verse 10, herein is love. It's not that we loved God. But that He loved us. And He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Look at how the Message Bible words that. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know Him if you don't love. This is how God showed His love for us. God sent His only Son into the world so we might live through Him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that He loved us. And He sent His Son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins. And the damage they've done to our relationship with God. John said this is love. This is how we know what love is. That he died for our freedom. And I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful. This week as I've thought about being thankful. 
so thankful to God. I don't deserve a relationship with God, with a holy God that created the universe. That Why would he care about me or you or what we've got going on? I'm thankful. I told you last week, you could spend the rest of your life thanking God for things that he's already done for you if he never did another thing. He's done a lot. So how thankful were you last week? Or did you just jump back into your old patterns? Were you just a hearer? Where James said, I'll show you my faith by my works. Look at the way I live my life and you can see what I believe. It's what James was saying. We want to see the Holy Spirit move in our lives. We want other people to look at us and see the Holy Spirit. Then we got to be thankful. We got to have gratitude. I was sitting there watching the boys playing in a in a baseball tournament yesterday, and uh, I was watching the the greatest ten U team there is, the Tallapoosa Rebels. And I, got, I got the three the three best baseball players uh, in the whole world that I saw yesterday are here today. Landon Paxton and Sky. I was sitting there watching them play ball yesterday, and I'm thinking, just how grateful I am for the sport and, and to be there and to be watching my kids. And I was grateful that it didn't rain, and I was grateful for the lessons that they were learning through playing a game. And we've been talking a lot with Sky, and I've heard coaches talking to them. I heard a lot of talk yesterday about them them learning to be mentally tough and the lesson that they're learning that when they make a mistake not to let it define them or get them down that they've got to learn how to move on because everybody's going to make mistakes and how I need to learn that lesson too sometimes and so I was just sitting there and I was, I was thankful for the game and thankful for what it teaches the boys and that they don't need to let their mistakes can define them that they do need to let the mistakes convict them so that they do something different next time and you don't just keep making the same mistake over and over and over again I think that's a lot of times where we go wrong like I'm I'm going to forget this mistake and move on but then we keep doing the same thing and making the same mistake so you want to move on from that and not keep making the same mistake let it convict you, but don't let it define you. Don't let it control you or steal the moment. Lots of people let mistakes in the past steal today. Mistakes and bad things that happened in the past can take away now in the future. Remember last week, we talked about those guys that got tortured, and as soon as they got released, their backs were still bloody, and as soon as they got released, they ran off and started giving thanks and preaching and using it as an example. When you figure out how to use your past, it loses the power to abuse you. Paul said, one thing I do, I don't have it all right, I haven't got it all figured out, I still make mistakes, I'm a man, but... 
one thing I do is I forget the past and press on. I forget the past and I remember God and what He's done. I, I can see God's hand. So I'm thankful for baseball, and I was thinking about all the things I was thankful for just sitting out there, and I thought about you guys, and uh, then I started thinking about how a lot of the umpires are pretty big boys, healthy boys. I was trying to figure out why that was, and I realized it was because they always clean their plate. Y'all know what Yogi Berra said? A quote from Yogi Berra. Baseball is 90% mental, and the other half is physical. (laughs) thought that was a pretty good quote. You hear that, boys? 90% mental, the other half is physical. A lot of it's in your mind. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you can master it up here, it works its way out. Look at Matthew 11, um, Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'll read you in the Message Bible. This is the same passage we were reading out of last week, but we stopped before we hit verse 28. So I'll kind of pick up. Before is when Jesus was getting upset, and, and then uh, it said abruptly Jesus broke into prayer, and he said, thank you, Father. That's what we read last week. We looked through, and this week we're going to pick up kind of where we left off there. And the Message Bible says it like this. Are you tired? Let these be questions to you today. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. To the rhythm of grace. The unforced rhythms of grace. Well, that's what I want. I want to live freely and lightly. How do we do that? Jesus has given us a pattern. Give thanks. Remember God. Don't get stuck on past failures. When you're thankful or grateful, you can live freely and lightly. When you're bitter... Negative, you don't, it's not free or light. What are you saying, Pastor? I know I, I'm kind of hammering this point, but we've got to start forming habits of focusing on what's right instead of what's wrong. On what you do have instead of what you don't. It's not enough just to know it. We've got to do it. We have to live it. Well, I'm skeptical. I'm pessimistic. No. It takes no guts or courage to be negative. 
That's easy. That comes natural. To find problems in life and your marriage and your kids and ministry. Mm-mm. You've got to feed your spirit. You remember the old story about the two dogs and if two dogs were fighting and they're both equal. It's common sense to know that if I lock both of them up in the cage and I feed one of them and I don't feed the other one for a couple weeks and let that one just about starve to death and I put them back in there to fight with each other, the one that I've been feeding is the one that's going to win. Always. You feeding your spirit or do you feed the flesh on a daily basis? can't just feed him once a week it's going to be tough to win any fights I love it when I feel I love it when I feel like doing what I'm supposed to do but when I don't feel I move on what I know look at Deuteronomy 8 6 Um, we're going to read 6 through 20 Deuteronomy 8. So it's paramount that you keep the commandments of God, your God. Walk down the roads He shows you and reverently respect Him. God is about to bring you into a good land, a land with brooks and rivers, springs and lakes. Streams out of the hills and through the valleys. It's a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig newtons and pomegranates and olive oil and honey nut Cheerios. It's a land where you'll never go hungry. I added a couple foods in there. There's always food on the table and a roof over your head. It's a land where you'll get iron out of the rocks and you'll mine copper from the hills. Wait, what does that mean? You'll have to work for it. How you get iron, uh, let's see, how, iron out of the rocks and you mine copper out of the hills, that doesn't mean it's just laying there for you to pick up and use. It means there's going to be some work for you. After a meal satisfied... Here goes some instructions. Bless God, your God, for the good land that He has given you. Make sure you don't forget God, your God, by not keeping His commandments, His rules and regulations that I command you today. Make sure that when you eat and are satisfied, build pleasant houses and settle in, See your herds and flocks flourish and more and more money come in. Watch your standard of living going up and up. Make sure you don't become so full of yourself and your things that you forget God, your God. What's he saying? He's giving God's people instructions. Hey, I'm going to give you this. You're going to walk in your inheritance. I'm going to give you the things that I promised you, but don't get cocky. Don't start thinking it's because of you and what you did. Because you got yourself here and, and you did all of this. Mm-mm. 
heard heard uh, T.D. Jake saying, if you can't think of anything to thank God for, then uh, thank Him for what didn't happen in your life. Thank Him for the job that you didn't get. That wife or that husband that you didn't end up marrying. <laughs> There's a bunch of things you could thank Him for that didn't happen to you. Thankful people are generous people. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice. Be thankful, grateful. Have joy. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Prayer is just communication with God. Be in constant communication with God. In everything, give thanks. Well, you mean in every good thing? No, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh, Lord, I need to know your will for my life. Here it is. In everything, give thanks. That's awfully simple. But how much power you would have and what a light and a witness you would be. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. We talked about last week that giving thanks and living a life of gratitude was the way that the Holy Spirit will flow through you and be evident in your life. This says, quench not the Spirit. When you complain, you quench. You put out the Spirit. You starve the dog. And when things get bad, you throw him in the fight and hope he wins. Holy Spirit, I need you now. He limps on out there, bag of bones. You ain't been feeding him. We're always looking for something new and not thankful for what we have. Remember the great prophet Elijah? He was one of the most powerful men in the Old Testament. He did like these crazy powerful things and and the king was sending him threats and he didn't care. Man, his prayers were so powerful that he prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain for three years. That's pretty powerful. In fact, it'd be kind of hard not to get a big head. If I knew I could just pray and it won't rain. Right, this the same guy that he called together all the prophets of Baal. 300 and I think... I should have looked back. 350, over 300 prophets. He calls them together for a challenge. And he told them to build altars and make sacrifices. And then he built an altar. And they brought barrels of water and dumped on his altar. And he made fun of them. He told them, you pray and tell your God to, you call down some fire and tell God to light your sacrifices on fire. And then he stood there going, oh, is your God asleep? (laughs) Maybe he can't hear you. Maybe his ears are stopped up. Elijah was so confident. 
And then he prayed and called down fire from heaven and the flames came down and they burned up the sacrifice. And then the people, they killed all these false prophets. And yeah, he was pumped up and he was happy. And that's a pretty powerful guy. He knows that God's on his side, right? Well, then he gets a letter from Jezebel. That says, I'm paraphrasing this story here, but uh, he gets a, a letter from Jezebel that says, I'm not happy about you killing all my prophets. I'm going to kill you. I'm thinking, no, you're not. I just called down fire from heaven, <laughs> killed 300 prophets. I don't think God's going to let you take me out. You know what he does? Oh, yeah, I'm going to die. I'm the only one left. Oh, i got to run hide in a cave. He went into a depression. He freaked out. He got upset. Man, he's, getting, he's been getting threatened for a long time. Why all of a sudden now does this? Because it was Ahab threatening him before. Now it came from a woman. My theory. change the the frequency a little bit your ear hears something else you get in a bad place you get negative you forget all that God's done in the past you hear something different than what God's saying you start to hear that negative thing like Yanny When, when God's saying Laurel, and then you hear, Yanny. All Christians heard Laurel, and, and the people that are still need to be saved, they heard Yanny. I'm just kidding. It's about the frequency. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, if you don't, then sorry. It's about the, you can change the frequency a little bit. And your ear hears something different. It's the same thing. You're listening to the same little sound bite. And I thought it was kind of funny that when, for anybody that doesn't know, it's the little, this little sound bite that you listen to, and, and some people hear it and they hear it say, no. Some people hear Laurel, which is what I heard very clearly. And then some people hear Yanny listening to the same thing. And so it became this huge deal. I didn't know anything about it till my kids came playing it to me. Well, what do you hear? What do you hear? And I was like, Laurel. And then all of a sudden, just by you saying what you heard, you've picked a side. Now you're against everybody that heard something different. And they're against you and you're crazy and they're not and... You heard something different. That can be a good thing or a bad thing. Change the frequency a little bit. Start being positive and, and being thankful. Change what you're hearing. Did you know cowards and heroes feel the same thing? Right before action. <laughs> One hides. 
and one takes action. One runs and one's willing to fight. I'm going to close with with this thought. Remember when Jesus died? I was going to read the story, but we all we know the story. When Jesus died and he came back and he saw some of the disciples, but he didn't see all of them. And poor old Thomas was one of the ones that he didn't get to see Jesus when he first came back. And he, did, he wasn't there with the ladies when they first saw him. And he wasn't there when some of the other guys got to see him. Thomas still hadn't got to see him until... Thomas didn't get to see Jesus until eight days later when he was locked up in that room with him, with the other guys, waiting like Jesus said to wait. And the old fella kind of gets a bad rap because we all, everybody knows him as Doubting Thomas. And the only reason, the only place we get that from is just that it's from that one time, one moment when Jesus came back and he said, when, when they were all telling him, we saw him and it was amazing and this was, it was the greatest thing and he's risen and he's alive and he's like, well, I won't believe it until I see the nail scars. I won't believe it until I see it. So from now on, thousands of years later, we all know him as the doubting Thomas, the doubter. When in reality, we would have probably all been about the same. We'd probably want to see it too. But eight days later, Jesus shows up and he comes in the room and he comes over and he showed him the scars and he let him touch and and Thomas believed, right? What hit me about that as I was thinking about that story is Thomas didn't believe all that time. He, he, he didn't believe... He thought maybe they were wrong like a lot of the other disciples. He thought that maybe they missed it. Maybe Jesus wasn't the Messiah, that they killed him, that, that, that he was wrong. But you know what he did? He stayed. He didn't run away. A lot of them left when it got hard or when Jesus preached something bad or, or when he was crucified, a lot of people ran away. But he stayed and not only did he stay, but he was there locked in the upper room with the other guys. With his group. With his people. He didn't run away. He stayed. Even though he didn't believe. And Jesus showed up. Judas ran away. Both of them decided, nah, he's not God. And Judas ran away and separation and isolation and we see where he ended up and and Thomas stayed and he got strength maybe you don't know and maybe you don't believe even or maybe you got questions that's okay don't run He'll show himself. Stay connected. Get connected. Let's pray.
God, thank you for Memorial Day. It's a time that we can remember all the sacrifices that were made for our freedom and for us as a nation. God, we pray right now in the service as, you know, just as we're, we're remembering all the soldiers. God, I pray for all the families that have been left without a father or brother or daughter or mother or that you would bring them some comfort and that we would be able to show them our gratitude for the sacrifice that their family made for our freedom. And God, let it remind us of the sacrifice that you made giving your son to die for our freedom, all of mankind's freedom. God, we accept that. Help us to walk and to live in that freedom and to partake of what you have for us. God, help us to live a life of gratitude. To be thankful and to be positive. Not to run when things get hard, but to press in. God, help us to show love when we don't feel like it. Because that's when it's really going to count. God, thank you for freedom and hope and love and happiness. Thank you for giving us each a place in your family. We love you. Thanks for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.